Welcome to Here and Now podcast. I'm Heather. And I'm Sophia. We bring you the stories, the heart, and the humor needed for this journey called life. Join us each week to hear the conversations of a mom, that's me, and a daughter, that's me, and the stories of where others hear God's voice as he brings truth, beauty, and good in their lives right now. This is Here and Now Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode 127 of Here Now Podcast. We are very excited to be featuring our guest today, and we will let her introduce herself. But Allison Gingrass will be joining us today to talk about her book and her story, Encountering Signs of Faith. But how are you doing, Mom? <laughs> doing okay. We're just trying to get ourselves together with all the holidays rolling in and getting, I guess, by the time this airs, well, whether or not you'll be home, having been home for Thanksgiving, we'll be home for Thanksgiving or it's Christmas season. I don't know. <laughs> we're, we're rolling into the season of Advent and we're very excited. And I look forward to our conversation with Allison. She is somebody that's inside of our Catholics online group and contributes a great deal and has a great personality. You can see it shining through in all of the messages that she shares, you know, and co- contributes through our, our Catholics online group and, and yeah. places that I see are in the Catholic community. Yeah, no, I'm very excited for that. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. We are so excited to have Allison Jane Grass on the show. And prior to us recording, I asked her how to pronounce her last name. And she gave us a very funny analogy. And I would love for her to share it before we dive into the episode. <laughs> so it is gin grass. If you drink too much gin, you end up on the grass. <laughs> That's an easy way well, to that's remember a great it. way for Allison to introduce herself now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's hear it. 20 minutes of banter that we just laughed about already this early hour of the morning, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Allison, tell the audience about you and just give them a little taste of who you are. So I'm a mom of three. I've got two adult children and a little girl that we adopted from China years ago. I say little girl. She's 17. So she's not really... <laughs> little in age, but she's almost 17, but she is short in stature. She's trying to get taller than me, but she has scoliosis. So it's not going to happen, but, but she's close. And I've been married to my husband now for 33 years. We met when we were high in high school, so we're high school sweethearts. He's a deacon in, in our diocese, which is really cool. I really like the best part about that is he can't remarry. So uh, there's that, you know, selfishness that comes with, I didn't yeah. want to share him. So I'm, you know, kind of true confessions of a deacon's wife. And I've been <laughs> in Catholic ministry now for about 17 years. I'm a revert to the faith and I don't have to do anything. When I started to come back to the church and discovered all of these amazing things, God's word, I'd never read scripture before and started going to adoration and discovered all the beautiful devotions and traditions. I decided that people needed to know about it. Little by little, the Lord has opened up incredible doors for me to share my beloved faith in books and in podcasts and on television and in all kinds of crazy, unexpected ways. So that's a little bit about me. Well, I love what you say about the adoration, the scripture, the things. I mean, I was not Catholic growing up per se. I think I was always Catholic. I say this all the time because of all the influences in my world. At a very young age, I'm like, wait, what's going on over here, right? And beautiful things, beautiful church and the sacramentals. And, you know, what drew us to, obviously, we're in the Catholics online group 
together, right? And so I always yeah. see all the beautiful things that you're contributing to our group and your book, Encountering Signs of Faith, that you just recently released in October, just caught my eye. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your book and the release and what came about through that book? And it's, it's I see it in the background and I just, it, the cover is precious too. So tell us a little bit about that book. So the book, Encountering Signs of Faith, and I said, I've got to read the subtitle because authors, by the way, don't pick their titles in case you ever wondered that. We don't pick our titles and we don't pick our covers, but I have a little story about the cover in a minute. My Unexpected Journey with Sacramentals, the Saints, and the Abundant Grace of God. And it is based on the adoption of my daughter, Faith, from China. We call her Faith in the book because it was just becoming too confusing for me and the editors to figure out the Faith, small F, and the Faith, capital F. So we just, my, her godmother calls her Faithy. So we went with Faithy. So it's the adoption of Faithy. It is a complete God story. We had two children. One was, well, they're both premature. One was severely premature. The other one was just a month premature. Then we had two losses, one ectopic that nearly took my life. And it came to the point of saying, Lord, I'm open to life, but if you have a new plan, I'm open to that too. And he started to put in our hearts to adopt. And he, through prayer, and I tell the whole story in the book, Encountering Signs of Faith, through prayer, he showed me where to adopt from, which agency to use, which country to go to, the fact that she would be deaf, that she would be three. Like he didn't leave any prayer asked unturned, even like, how, what am I going to pay for it? Like, Lord, you've seen my bank account. Good luck with this. (laughs) And he provided every single thing we needed from the courage to go from the the people to guide us and lead us and for the finances, the providence to make it happen. And then we brought this little girl home and she was nearly four years old, had no language at all. They didn't teach her Chinese sign language and we had yet to be able to in- introduce her to American sign language. She didn't write or any, any communication. She gave us a thumbs up. She growled at us. She laughed, which I wasn't expecting. I didn't, I guess I'd always thought deaf mute and she's just deaf. So she actually, she doesn't speak, but she laughs and her laugh is super contagious. But I wanted to share the faith with her and I didn't want to wait for her to have language. So I started to get very creative because I was a preschool teacher before I went into Catholic ministry. And I used all these different visuals, the tangible evidence of our faith that we find in sacramentals, our rosary beads, our stained glass windows, lighting candles, smelling incense, holy water. I just started to bring in all these different elements into teaching her the faith. And then I discovered there was devotions and promises and traditions to the faith that I had grown up with, but yet left for so many years that I didn't even know about. And I wanted to share that in Ave Maria Press was gracious enough to give me that opportunity. So about a month ago, Encountering Signs released. Wow. That, I mean, I, as you're speaking, and I, I think of all the ways personally in my own journey that, you know, I walk through the church and things that I was like, what, how do I not know this? Right. So how do you explain to people, I guess, how do you explain to people how you were those prayers were answered through the things. I know that's a very loaded question in a way, but you said everything that you prayed for, God showed you that, I mean, and I am very much in tune with that spirituality, right? I know that the Holy Spirit speaks to me through things that he literally, I'll say, we we did a podcast on this, that, or I actually wrote a blog post on this when I had a, we had something going on with my husband. And I say, well, God, if you want me to do this, you need to pave the way. 
And literally part of that was the next day, a man came to the door and knocked on the door and asked if he could pave my driveway. And that was part of. (laughs) I love those stories. Right. So like these are things that I know that is like you're saying that when you pray, my kids have been very much, they witnessed that. I guess I don't want to say trained to believe that, or, you know, they've been, they've seen that occur in our lives. Like when you ask to pray for something, you know, sometimes the answers don't come that easily, but how do you explain that in your experience to somebody who may be curious or doubtful of that, you know, how that's doubtful is probably a good way to explain that or question that. Right. Well, I'm a true believer in praying boldly that God knows what's going on in our hearts. He knows our desires. So why do we try to hide them? So I'm, I'm very bold. I mean, I, you know, for the adoption, for instance, I was like, Lord, I, I want to adopt, but I don't have the, the, the personality to share her with somebody. I'm in awe of women who have open adoptions, who can give that mother that gift of getting to see their child while they raise. I just, I knew that wasn't part of who I was. So I was very bold of like, I I need to have her all to myself, probably hence why we ended up adopting from China. But the, the going to like the sacramentals and the devotions, what they help me do, what they help everybody do is that they prepare our hearts to receive the grace that is available from God in abundance through the sacraments, through our prayers, through all the different ways that God showers grace upon us. And it is praying with these devotions that my heart grew closer to God, that I understood that he was a faithful God, that he fulfilled his promises, that he's trustworthy, but it also, and this is the flip side for those who think I look at God like a, a slot machine, I put in my prayer, I pull the trigger and out comes all that I want. That is not how this works. It actually took us almost, almost, almost six months from being matched with faith to actually bringing her home. And what I found in that case, when my prayers are not answered exactly how I have boldly asked for them, is that God gives me this this peace, this, this grace of peace and waiting and acceptance that I would not have without praying. Like for instance, when we were waiting for the adoption, my sons and I prayed the divine mercy every day at 3 PM. It was such a beautiful devotion that we hadn't yet really done as a family. We set an alarm and I was convinced because Jesus tells to Faustina that whatever you ask for in the three o'clock hour, God will give to you. But what I failed to read was if it's according to his will, according to God's will. I'm like, wait, what, what's that caveat there? <laughs> it's always then, a caveat. Right. I was like, wait a minute. But in the process, we learned this beautiful devotion. We definitely felt God's mercy in that moment. He revealed even more things to be like, it's not just your prayer sometimes that needs to be answered. There's many prayers that need to be answers. And sometimes that means no to you, or you'll have to wait, or, you know, God is God. And I like, I would like for God to let me be God, but because then there'd be no more sickness, no more pain, no more hurt. But then we would probably miss out on many, 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 many blessings that God uses those things that we kind of fight against to, to bring to us. Yeah, that's beautiful. I know we definitely have a devotion to the divine mercy in our family, specifically my mom. I mean, we can go back and share the whole story, but. Or you can um, listen to last week's podcast. Also that too. <laughs> no, <I don't> know. <laughs> right? 
I'm just See, kidding. The tables have turned and you're promoting instead of me. But no, but seriously, I mean, there's just so many sacramentals and things that we see and just the devotions. I mean, there's just so many that I've, I honestly have no idea that they even exist, but then they just fall into your lap and you're like, wow, this is something I really do want to devote my time to. So what are some of your other favorite sacramentals, devotions, things that you kind of talked about? I'm a big fan of the novena. The no, novena card that I had that started all my prayers was, it's actually 40 years old at this point. Believe it or not, I know I look, you know, 28 on a good day. Don't look at the gray hair, but it's, it's actually a 40 year old card that my friend's mom gave me when I was a junior in high school. And I love that God knows my personality. So novena means nine and normally it's a nine day of prayer, but this one just speaks to my ADD heart so beautifully. It's a five-day prayer. So I have to do it for five days, but it's still a, a prayer that we pray to St. Therese of Lisieux, who mm. brings Lisieux, I say it so badly, Lisieux, that brings roses in, in answer to the prayer. And it's not that you get the rose and it says, hey, guess what? You're going to get exactly what you prayed for. The rose just means that your prayers have been heard. She has brought them to Jesus and it's you can have peace in that. And I have been praying this for 40 years. She's not yet not sent me a rose and being bold and bratty as I am. I don't actually just ask for any rose. I ask for a purple rose You're because amazing. I am, I'm ridiculous really, <laughs> but amazing. We'll go with that. But really I'm just ridiculous. But I was like, well, roses are everywhere. How will I know it's specifically for me? And I happen to like purple. So I asked for purple roses and I get them. I, and them. when I was adopting faith, like this was my go-to prayer because there were so many things to pray to. And it was crazy. I would see roses. I would hear roses, the word rose. We got delayed in, in going to get her and I was devastated. And I asked all these friends to pray. And this one woman somehow got into the prayer chain and I got an email from her and her, her email address had the word rose in it. And it just had the words will do. And from Amazing. that moment forward, either Therese sends me a purple rose or she sends me this message of will do. It's, it's crazy. And, and I'm not, and it's not just happens to me because I'm a Jesus freak. Like this is the faith that God wants all of us to have. Like he tore that veil, that curtain at his crucifixion, at his death, because he wanted to open up heaven to us. And we keep closing the blinds. Like he doesn't really mean it. Well, he absolutely means it. And we need to open our eyes to see them because this stuff happens every single day to everybody who prays and opens their heart to God. It's just a matter of seeing it, I think, seeing it with the eyes of God. First of all, I want you to say, I, I want to tell you that I'm wearing my daughter, my younger, my 16 year old is making earrings. And so I'm wearing, I just out of the blue decided to pick up her St. Therese of Luzo earrings that she makes that we sell, right? And Those are gorgeous. Aren't they adorable? Handmade, every rose. They're not purple, <sighs> but I can make you purple ones. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> Literally, just before I came on, I was like, I think I want to wear these today because they kind of match the part of my sweater. So there's your rose for the day. And that's a beautiful, I call that a godsidence. That's a beautiful yes. godsidence. Right? And that I like to make up words. Well, I think that's a great word. You know, they always say the coincidence, but I think Godsidence is a much better. I'm going to go back to the thing you were saying before about waiting and acceptance. And I think that was when you were talking about the divine mercy. Is that right? I think, but yes, I think that it's interesting how we do feel like we want those answers 
right away for everything. I mean, we've had to wait so many months and months for the next MRI. And now we just had some treatment and we have to wait for the next MRI to see, you know, what effect that had on the, you know, the tumor that has been growing for the last several months for John. And we, you know, we're skipping a month. So like, here we are. It could be like anxious or it could be, you know, well, you know, we asked for time and we're getting more time. And if that time is going to be stressed out or with anxiety, or do we wait, you know, rest in that? Well, we have Thanksgiving, we have Christmas, and we're just going to go through this with what are you trying to show us in that time? So it, it we really have the opportunity to choose to be anxious and frustrated. And we are, we're human. We do have those moments, right? But I find the other part of that is after the, a few of the conversations we had before, where we were just talking about things that we have been challenged with. I think one of the things that I'm learning in, in this frustration of things that we've talked about in, in relationships and, and awkwardness with things that what is God this morning? All I kept thinking is what are you trying to show me? Like, what are you trying, like, what are you asking me to do in this mm. frustration that I'm experiencing? Yes. I would like to have things just easier, but what are you asking me to do right now in Heather to fix, you know, what's in my heart so that I can serve you and love you better. And it, and yeah. so even in your experience of waiting, I feel like you were showing your children this opportunity to just show patience. And can you speak to that a little bit? Do you, do you feel that that might've been true through that experience? I mean, maybe we're not always so wired to just go, okay, God, you show me because it is your will, <laughs> right? I, I hope so. I mean, sadly, both of them right now are no longer practicing their faith. Like I think this is kind of all too common with families who kind of feel like they did all the right things. We, we prayed together. We did vacation Bible school. I taught their religious education. We prayed as a family. I do feel like in that area, we may have maybe not has done as much as we could have because we, at this point, they're 10 and seven when we're adopting. And now we're just kind of getting into a daily prayer routine. Like we prayed like the, you know, the good night prayers and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. Um, but we felt like we did all the things and, you know, they're away from the church right now, but I really believe that the seeds are planted and that there's probably a part of them in their day-to-day life when they're faced with a struggle, when they're faced with a challenge that maybe they're not telling me, but I bet they're leaning on what they learned in those moments. Maybe they're praying in, in kind of that sheepish way that I remember coming back to the faith and praying, like, I know I've been away and like kind of looking around for God, like, you're probably not so happy with me, but I could really use you right about now. Or just, you know, having that peace, knowing, well, you know what, we had to wait six months for our little sister to come home. And in that, my mom stayed peaceful, calm. Most of the time, like you said, we're human. There was days on her floor crying my eyes out, but they were already in bed by the time I was doing that. Right. But, you know, I, I think that the example that we give to our children, whether we see the fruit of it or not, is definitely planted. And in, I'm glad that we did have some time to pray out loud and for them to see that the peace that was coming in that situation was not from me, but it was definitely from the Lord and it was from the grace of prayer. That's awesome. We actually had Patty Armstrong and Roxanne Salonen on with last week's episode when they talked all about their new book, What Mamana Could Do. Um, 
very much on the same topic. So another coincidence. I know. And just a great little <laughs> the way that so much of the way our podcast has been, and it's always just God lead, tell us who's next. Pretty it's much. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I wish we could say we were like prepared for interviews and had our schedule ahead of time, but nope, God just sends us people every single time. I love that. It really and is. That, and that's like such a surrender and a reliance. Like I told you I was going to tell you about the the, the cover. Let me just, if I yeah, could just share this story real it. quick. So this art is by Jen Norton and she's one of my favorite Catholic artists. I actually got to meet her in person a few years ago at the Catholic Marketing Network. And when it came time to put a cover on Encountering Signs of Faith, Maria asked me what kind of style I liked. So I decided to go look because I knew I wanted Jen Norton art, but I also knew I didn't have any say in it. So I prayed and I went and I looked and I found this incredible image. In fact, in the original image, the mother, the woman is actually a, a guardian angel and there's a little halo over her head. And the saying is be rich in what matters to God. So I had Jen, I'm doing the Catholic mom uh, book club because I work for Catholic mom and I was doing the book club gracious, gracious enough to let me do my own book and we're doing interviews I decided to do book club a little differently and I had Jen Norton on and I said can you tell me about this art I've been curious about it <clears throat> excuse me I've been very curious about it since it actually got selected so long story short obviously since it's here Ave did a test with this one another one by Jen and another image that I've never seen and never will and this one won so very happy. Thank you, Lord, for giving me what I asked for. But in looking at it, it's a very different art from it's close to what Jen does, but it has, you know, it's just some like the mitten hands, as my husband calls it. Like, how does the guardian angel have this mitten hands? And she was telling us that the image came from a writer's block. I mean, an artist block or painting block that she was having. And she did the whole thing with her left hand. And it was this surrendering to God to let him do his work through her. And it was this big aha moment of, well, that's exactly how my daughter's adoption happened. This is exactly how I live my faith is this surrender to God. And it's not an easy surrender. And it's kind of like a fishing expedition for me some days where I give it to God and then reel it back in and give it to God and reel it back in. But St. Peter's like, cast all your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. He says this in 1 Peter 5, 7. He means like a net, like a fishing net let it go and let God do his thing. But of course I bring a fishing pole because again, I love how you said, Heather, we are very human and we <laughs> do very, very human things. But I think it just kind of speaks to what we were just talking about, that surrender and the grace that comes from it when you allow yourself to at least try it. It's okay if you reel it back in, but at least give it a try. Well, that might be why you need to use your net, your fishing rod, because you like to reel it in as opposed to the nets where, you know, you kind of, yeah. Kind of works a whole different way, <laughs> right? Very, <laughs> very. So I told you already earlier when we were talking, I was reading a little bit of one of your recent blog posts. So tell me about your experience with blogging and writing that led you to writing a book and, you know, other things outside of your being an author for books. Tell me some of your other writing experiences that you've had. Well, I went to college for English and I always thought I'd be the next Flannery O'Connor, just like the next American great novel. But that fiction is not my thing. Nonfiction is definitely my thing. So I started in 2012 writing for Catholic Mom. They needed some contributors and I just kind of decided I would give it a whirl. And um, it's run by it was founded by Lisa Hendy, who is one of the most selfless human beings ever in the world. And she's very nurturing to young writers. 
And along that way, I also met Maria Johnson, who is my writing mentor, my teacher. Without her, this book would never have happened. And it was just like amazing to me how God took my desire, again, that heart's desire to do something for him and opened every door and gave me these mentors and these opportunities. So I write for Catholic Mom. I worked for Wine Women in the New Evangelization for many years. I now work for the for, fall, for Family Rosary and the Fall River Diocese. I have three amazing little jobs. And one of my jobs is helping the bishop write his blog, his messages, like he gives me them. And then I kind of work with him and it, it really honed my writing skills and to listen to a bishop, to listen to that deepness of faith and, and being shepherded by him really has brought my writing to a completely different place. So it's really, I, I feel the best way to become a good writer is just to keep writing, find different ways to share your writing and to, to keep practicing the skill. I believe also going back and rewriting old stuff, like don't just write it and let it go. Go back to it a year later, seven years later, two weeks later, and rework it because who you are has changed, believe it or not, in that day, week, year, because you've grown closer to God, you've received new graces, and it's a great way to continue to grow your own voice as a writer or however you want to share your your message and your faith. Well, if that isn't a God little coincidence validation, because that is something that I've been doing a lot lately, just going back and weaving it in and... I don't know. Sometimes I'm thinking, what, what was I thinking? Other times I, but it's good. It's good because it, I also think that I often, often go back and just reflect on where we were at that time in our lives and, you know, how things have evolved and, you know, where God did show up. It's just such a beautiful thing to, to see, you know, I used to super, um, I was really good at journaling and paper pencil. I just don't have the time. So I tend to do that in my notes. Good Lord, if that phone ever goes away, I'm in trouble. It's just because of where I am and carrying stuff with me if I'm, you know, but I do, that's such a validation as a, a writer to know that it is okay. Sometimes I feel like it's cheating to go back and recycle words, but it's really not right. <laughs> no, not at all. And that, like a little tech help hint. I also sometimes at mass, like if the if I don't bring my notebook for the homily, I put the notes in my phone like you do, and I email them to myself so that they exist in more than one place. As somebody who has precious writing in the past, I like to put it in different places. So emailing things to myself and then putting it up in Google is something I do so that it's... So anyway, just a little tech help. So maybe we'll talk later, okay? Not all these things. <laughs> Maria might, might be your mentor. Maybe you'll be mine, huh? <laughs> I'd be happy to. My pleasure. That's so fun. This is great. I mean, I just want to hear a little bit more of your faith journey and just kind of your story of reversion too. If you just want to kind of give us like a short little story about that. Sure. It came from a woman asking me at church to join her Bible study and me responding, I'm sorry, I'm Catholic. I don't read the Bible. <laughs> and realizing, wait, St. Jerome, wait a minute. He was Catholic and he transcribed the whole thing. He put it all down for us kind of in the way that we now have the scriptures. But it was, I had said yes, because she gave me the book. She kind of knew how I operated, right? Like, let's give her the book and then let's have really good snacks and she'll keep coming back. That's how the Lord knew I would work. But it was starting to read the word of God, starting to go deeper into spiritual reading, into learning about scripture and hearing God's voice, encountering uh, adoration, 
sitting with him in the blessed sacrament, you know, up on the altar or in that little chapel, those, all those little things, little by little worked to grow me from this very lukewarm person. I started to come back only because everything in my life had kind of fallen apart and I hadn't tried God yet. So I said to my husband, let's try God. But I really thought it would be just checking off the perfect attendance. And, you know, that was all I was kind of going for. But once I got there, the Lord's like, I have so much more to offer you than just perfect attendance. I have grace and blessings and joy and peace and all those things that you were missing and trying to fill by shopping. I can give that to you just by loving and knowing me. And that is so true because I think that in, you know, our personal experience with, you know, John's diagnosis and all the things of the years of Sophia's hearing loss and the, you know, the struggle that we went through with those you know, each of those things and still going through with John. I always tell the story about when we knew the diagnosis was going to be what it was. And I was driving home that night and I had that, you know, from the hospital when he was having surgery. And I had that moment where I asked for a piece and said, if you're going to ask me to do this, you're going to have to, I, I can't do this without you. And, you know, the first thing I see is that sign on the highway that says, you know, you have peace of mind out, you know, this blazing, huge billboard. And wow, I I, I love to share it and, and share it again. And, you know, wrote about it in my blog. I think sometimes people in the first blog post I shared about his experience, I think sometimes people miss that because they're still like, wait, he has brain cancer. So I love to reshare that because I think people don't truly believe that we have peace in this experience. And how can you, when you're living with such a dramatic and life altering diagnosis, I mean, he's living with aggressive brain cancer that is recurring and it has for the last two and a half years. And it's not, you know, it's not going away and it keeps popping up back up. And how can someone possibly have peace? But there is peace and there is joy and we do laugh and we still, you know, right. I mean, we still can live with life in the present because isn't that where God is? And I, I, I sometimes wish, <clears throat> excuse me, people would see that and truly believe it and not try to project to us that we're living in this agony every day and we're not right. And I, it's so hard for me to say other than it's God, you know, we'll try God. Isn't that what you just said? <laughs> I um, we tried God and we've been trying God for a long time through our marriage and, and, it has brought us a lot of peace during some very stressful times. So going into a season of Advent, I guess this is a great transition for that. How do you invite people into Advent or what is your best advice to invite people into Advent if there is not an experience or a relationship that they may have with God right now, that this would be a great place to try God? My, my advice is very simple. It is something I would say for Lent, and we don't think of it as Advent as this time of waiting, as this time of preparation. And my advice is simply pray. Build time into your Advent season to pray. There's something about God that we kind of forget that he's never outdone in generosity. When we give God time, he multiplies ours. He's not going, we're not going to uh, come to him in prayer and then run out of time to do what all the things we think we need to do, like the Christmas cards and the baking and the shopping and the wrapping and all the trimmings, right? When we give God that time, he is going to multiply ours and all that to do will get done. But more importantly, we're going to get to December 26, which is, by the way, when Christmas season is just beginning. And we are going to arrive without regret, 
with without thinking, oh my gosh, I left God and Jesus. Like the whole reason for the season is Jesus. And I just left him out of the entire season preparing for his birth. And it's short time. Like if, if you only have like 10 minutes before the kids get up, then read the read Luke's gospel. Or there's so many Advent books out right now. Little little ones. Like I love Lisa Hendy's new five minute prayers around the Advent wreath. Like bring the family together and pray at dinner time or at a meal time. Anytime you can bring prayer into the Advent season and however you decide to do it, you are going to find a blessing in it. And it's going to be an Advent like no other. Yeah, I I think that I'm right there with the prayer. That was my morning thing, which is probably why I was circling back to what I said before. Okay, God, I know I've been running. I've been running back and forth to the city for so many days with, you know, his treatment that we, you know, had to bear down on. And 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 I would my house is a mess. Things are a mess. And, you know, I had a great support system, you know, to help us with meals and to bring the girls where they needed to be when they couldn't drive. And now I'm trying to go, oh, Thanksgiving is this week. And, you know, we have uh, plans for the week and we have a visitor coming on Friday that we've been waiting for quite some time to come see us. And I really woke up this morning at 6 a.m. and said, all right, God, I guess I haven't been sitting with you enough. <laughs> right. And and already. The glass that just broke on the floor, you know, the glass ornament, I'm thinking, I'll get to it. And he'll build me time <laughs> yes, to get back will. into that, even though today is another busy, busy day before yeah. my kids. I'm looking at Sophie on the screen in several hours. She'll be home in the house after they Yay. they get on the road. Um, yeah. My mother has a test today, which you could not postpone or alter at the worst hour of the day. But we'll just yes. pray he gets home and... and <laughs> gathers Sophia in the car and their friend and gets back to Pennsylvania as fast as can. But if you have a question. Yes. So we we end every episode with a segment called St. Chasers. So who is chasing you right now? Oh, I love that. There's actually an Encountering Signs of Faith. There is a chapter where I talk about St. Therese the Stalker. Yeah. <laughs> so I told more God. So tell us more about that, that chapter if you want, and then you can tell us your saint. That's, that's cool. Well, tell us. Cause I was going to ask you if you had anything in your book about saints. Oh, the whole, every chapter has their own little saint. So it's a saint story, a sacramental, my, my daughter's story and activi- activities for the family or yourself to grow in faith. But St. Therese was somebody I did not want in my life because everybody prayed to her. And I wanted a saint all to myself. So where it comes to saint stalkers, I'm showing a picture right now of uh, Father Patrick Payton, Venerable Patrick Payton. And he is, I'll tell you a real quick story about him. But St. Therese stalked me. She wouldn't let me go. And I'm so happy she didn't because she's obviously a good multitasker because we can all pray and she intercedes for us. But my Father Patrick Payton story that I wanted just to share is that he's buried about 20 minutes from my house. I have been visiting his grave for almost 20 years. I have prayed there. He has guided me through so many things. And his birthday is no is January 9th. And there's a beautiful novena that Family Rosary does leading up to it. So I did that novena and I prayed. My intention was simply, Father Peyton, please ask the Lord to use my gifts and talents where he sees best fit. I loved working for wine, women in the new evangelization, but I just felt like at some point you should always discern and make sure you're doing what God wants you to do, not what you want to do. So I did this novena. I asked that intention. And then days later, 
I was offered a job from Family Rosary that I didn't apply for. <laughs> and that is his ministry. I failed to say that. Wow. Father Peyton started Family Rosary, and that was now where I work. So I totally believe in being bold in prayer, putting your St. Posse, I call him the St. Posse, to work for you. And just being open to where God is going to lead you. I love that St. Chaser's question. That's beautiful. Oh, thank you. That was, we just thought there would need to be something that just connected back to the beauty of this. You know, we are love, I want to say obsessed with our saints. And we did a episode a couple of weeks ago on our saint board of directors. And we each talked about who are, <laughs> it was so fun of the directors that, you know, sit at my table. Sophia, I'm going to point your point this to you for your Saint Chaser for the week now, but she's so funny because she came to this. Sophia's a business major. I'm a writer. I'm a feeler. I'm a, so I'm thinking of all my friends sitting at the table that I'm serving. She's like, <laughs> this one's my accountant. This is my, she thinks of it in the I board of directors. In the t- so she's got a, a little Matthew crazy. There. <laughs> no, that is fantastic. Isn't that Sophia? so funny? You know, because we that. have this generation that, you know, she's this college student. I'm this, you know, not college student who has a college student, but sort of a college student. So yeah. Love so she's, so tell I'm us like... who your saint is for today, Sophia. <laughs> for me, oh goodness gracious. I think that I'm going to go back to the one I said last week too. It's Our Lady Queen of Peace. I have done a, a lot of discerning and a lot of moving things in my life. And I just finally feel like a very deep sense of peace on discerning the things that I did. I'm also super grateful that the musical that I've worked so hard on to do design the costumes for um, is finally over. And we've had six consecutive nights of shows. And I just I'm very tired, but I'm so fulfilled. And it brought me so much peace because the decisions that I discerned and having not discerned them, I wouldn't be feeling the sense of peace. So I'm going to give a shout out to Mama Queen of Peace up there for that. Yes. And the the peace that I see around you, given those decisions as a mom, really just brings me joy. So I think Our Lady is just hanging around. And I had to write a piece that I actually finally got finished. I talked about that for like weeks. It was due like in October. (laughs) Thank God people give us grace when they would know we live in real life. And it it's for the Immaculate Conception. And I, I shared it with a friend who was part of the story before this gets released on October, well, on October, listen to me. On, um, I don't know my dates. On December 8th, it'll be shared. It's a pod, I'll be a podcast guest. And, and I wrote a piece about Mary and Immaculate Conception. And I shared it with this friend of mine who was a former IHM nun. And she's known me through moments of my life related to this. And it was so beautiful to see her reaction. It's only like a six minute little thing that, you know, however many words, but just to see how she has noticed the threads through my life with this and, and to see it now. I mean, I was 20 something when I met her and then I had my kids with her. And then now she's this dear friend that just when she comes into town after she lives in Florida now, when she shows up, She'll send me a note and say, hey, you know, I was thinking of you today. And then next thing you know, she's literally at my door, like standing at my door. <laughs> so awesome. I think of her and she she does not have kids. I think she has stepchildren, but she becomes this person that is like a mother, spiritual mother to me. And in the way that, you know, Mary um, sends people in my life all of these years, I it's just beautiful to say. And this is a great season for loving on our mama, Mary, right? Yeah. Amen. 
That's one of the things that drew me to Father Payton is that I struggled with that mother relationship. Mine's not very strong. And I and so then I was had hard I had a hard time relating to Mary as mother. And Father Payton has really helped me see Mama Mary as just the greatest advocate in all the world next to her son Jesus. Yes, next to her <laughs> son, right? He's the closest one to give that voice. So we did our Saint Chasers and would love to know if there's anything else you're working on and where people can find you and you know all the things that we want to know. And all these things will be linked in our show notes as well. But we would love to hear if there's anything new you're working on or exciting things to come or every day is exciting, right? <laughs> I am incredibly, ridiculously blessed. Absolutely. I mean, I procrastinated for so long because of fear of failure and kind of fear of success, I guess, at the same time. But once I got over myself and let God work with me, he's done incredible things. So you can find all of the things over on reconciletoyou.com. That's my website, reconciletoyou.com. If you're listening to this before December 1st, I'm doing a huge 33-day giveaway and I will be adding those earrings to the giveaway. And I'll explain to you about that when we get mm -hmm. off air. But basically, I'm thrilled to be sharing all these beautiful small businesses, these Catholic creatives in my mega giveaway for the launch of Encountering Signs of Faith. So you can go reconcile to you.com for that. I also podcast a Seeking Heart part podcast. I'm from Boston. So it's a Seeking Hat. <laughs> but I try very hard to say a seeking heart for the rest of the world to understand what I'm actually talking about. And you can find the podcast links also on reconcile I hope there's another book in the offering, but for now, I'm just loving sharing Faithy's story. And I really want to encourage anybody if they're interested in purchasing the book, first and foremost, go to your local Catholic bookstore. If you're looking for it, somebody else would probably be blessed by it as well. And that helps them know what people are looking for. It helps them in their business, in their mission, really, in their ministry, because uh, Catholic bookstores are a ministry. Also, anywhere online and Ave Maria Press, they're having a special to the end of the year. If you use the code Allison Faith, you get 25% off. Actually, I think for the next few weeks, almost all of their books are 25% off. They're having a big sale. So Ave Maria Press dot com reconcile to you.com and i'm really so grateful sophia and heather for your time and allowing me to share a little bit of my story with you this was beautiful yeah. i love and i'm going to just add this note in because you're boston we have a, a my dear friend and <laughs> i always talk about janine she just texted me while a few minutes ago because she's been running a, a women's ministry she's from she's from boston area <laughs> And she always goes into those. I'm like, yeah, you're going Boston. She really worked hard to drop it. But the whole time you're talking, I would catch my little girl Janine on this. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say the words Martha, like Martha and That's Mary. Like I can't Martha. I can't like I can, but you know, naturally it's Martha. Martha Doesn't that sound familiar, Sophia? Oh yeah. Oh and we yeah. Laugh. We talk about Janine. I said, one of these days we'll have to have her on. She works for the Theology of the Body Institute. She's done a lot of great things. She's a spiritual director. 
She's a divine mercy as I guess I can't even think of a mentor in the spiritual direction program now. And she just ran this retreat at Malvern Retreat House, which is real close to where we live. Are you familiar with that retreat? I house? am. I'm, I'm good friends with Sarah Chris Meyer. So yes, oh, I yeah. So Janine, my friend Janine is as well. And we've met her at the Abbey Fest or whatever, but I live like five minutes or so from Malvern Retreat House, but wow. she's been away all weekend. So she's going to tell me how her great weekend was. And it's, it's Fun. so fabulous, but I just get yeah. talking and here she's messaging me. Where are you? She's trying to call me. <laughs> funny. It was really wonderful to have you on. And thank you so yeah. much for sharing your story and your beautiful book and all of the great things. And, you know, why God has to be God? I don't know. Instead of just letting us be right. <laughs> oh, I, I'm grateful. Usually I'm very grateful that God is God. <laughs> exactly. I think we all are. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I, I it, What was that thing you said? That little, um, taught us all that he says in God's will, right? That that's yeah. one thing. Yeah. The, the caveat. The caveat. <laughs> that's yes. right. The caveat. Oh, it was wonderful to have you on. And thank and you both so much. Thank yes. You. Yes. And thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Here Now Podcast. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.